Uncorked, and this is Steph. I jumped on the pod this week with Lana Bradshaw. She has spent the last month opening her office to candidates who may or may not want to share that they're on the market for a new job. And today we unravel the conversations from behind the closed doors of what candidates really, really want right now, what they need to know in order to make a leap, and what they want to know before they quit their job. I think these are interesting conversations that I never get tired of having because don't we all wish we could walk into an office and ask what's really on our heart? I hope you enjoyed this one. Welcome back to the pod, friend. How's it going over there? It's so great. Well, I say that and currently it's hailing oh, and nice. snowing in Vancouver. Got it. And you're going to think it's me, but I promise it's not. The dog is snoring. Aww. I mean, it kind of feels like proper spring. Spring has sprung. We're on the other side of April. You think it's summer one day and then you think it's winter. I think that's the definition of spring. No, it keeps us on our toes. Mother yeah. nature is pissed. Yeah. She's like, Absolutely. you don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm. She's here for it. I like <laughs> it. Well, I think that's the perfect segue into what we're going to talk about because I think the job market on both sides of the equation is doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know if it's winter or if it's summer, we don't know who's hot or who's cold. Uh, So we're, we're doing this conversation. We're riffing on this pod after a month of having office hours, which has it been a month already. It's been a month. Time flies when you're having fun, my friend. (sighs) A month of people reaching out. And I feel like the first two weeks you were like, I'm booked out. So I can only imagine how many people actually got on your calendar in one month. And we, we wanted to capture what you were hearing and what you were hearing specifically from the candidate side, because what we is client side or from, from the company's perspective. And yet what we don't always know about, you know, what, what are candidates saying? What is their experience right now? We're going to start with the conversation of exceptions and of customization for candidates. And I'm just curious if you can go riff on that. What are you hearing? What have you heard? Where have you heard candidates be successful? I ask that because I think by sharing, other people will have a glimmer of inspiration that they too can go back and, and ask something that might have once upon a time felt outlandish. Mm-hmm. Can you clarify on exceptions? Do you mean like exceptions to the rule, exceptions to the norm, exceptions because you're exceptional? What do you mean by that? That's so, it's my word for your word of customization. Okay, yes. So how are things getting more customized now from a candidate's point of view? Well, that is a hot topic for sure for candidates. I want to work at company XYZ, but that role is only full-time. I'm perfect for it and I really, really want it. Do you think I could land it if I worked 80%? That's a question we've had very, very recently. I love this company. I'm a little bit worried about being in the office three to five days a week. I need to be able to work remote five days a week. Do you think that's a possibility? I want to customize my working from home. And I also want to customize my hours. I want to work seven to two because it works for me and my family. So customization is happening a lot with candidates specifically to their home life and their personal life and how they can integrate that with work. That's coming up more and more. And what kind of reply are they getting? From employers? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a mixed bag depending on the employer. Are they nimble? 
Are they staffed in a way that they are able to be nimble? Are they open-minded? Are they afraid of change? Like we have a client that's maybe a little bit more shy around adjusting the norm because it's worked so well for them in the past. And so they haven't been as flexible, but they lose out on really great talent. And then they come back and say, I wish I had just, you know, had a different dialogue, like, or just 10 minutes conversation around what their needs were, but I wasn't prepared for it because it's still so new for us. It's still so new for us to say, how about an 80% work week? How about this? Yeah. Sweet. There's a million jobs on the market in Canada, which is a ton but there's also a million people looking for work. So there's a lot of competition. And what does that mean? Is that it's just harder to find the talent. That's where we come in, obviously. But when we present the best talent, we say, well, this is the best talent. This is what it takes. Yeah. For example, I'm harping on it, but that 80% work week. Yeah. And I think one of the many things that I really appreciate about you with perspective is that you have perspective externally. You talk to people all day long and you have your own lived experience where you've lived through different jobs, different stages of your own family, and that you are such an advocate for parents, gender neutral, it doesn't matter who's at home, who's working, just how do we make families work together. And so when you speak about 80%, I'm curious, is it only people with children that want 80% work weeks? In my experience, that's what I come across in the majority of the way. But I also come across it with people that are going back to school to do their master's. Ah. Like I don't have any kids, but I'm doing my master's or I'm taking on additional learning. And so I need time to study or I need time for my practicum or whatever the case may be. Mostly it's parents. I would say 95% of the time. Well, I ask because I was wondering if there were exceptions to that. And I think there are pieces. So as it relates to parents, is there anything else that parents um, specifically need that you think that has been lacking for, for many years. And it's like, why don't we just do this now? I'm sure every parent has their own opinion because it's, it's so personal and it depends on how you structure your home life. But for me as a single parent, I want to be able to take my son to school and I want to be able to pick him up as well. So what that means is my hours of real work is like nine 30 to two 30. Yeah. There's some flexibility, of course, but those are my core hours. But that just means that I am also needing to work outside of those hours. So I do a lot of my time in the evening. I do a lot of emailing or prep for interviews. And on the weekends, I work on Sundays pretty much all the time. Right. So for me, it's I'll work seven days a week, but just condensed hours. That's what I need. Yeah. So hours. Well, that's the perfect segue because we speak about time. I mean, I feel like we know this more than ever. Time is our greatest commodity. Time is so precious. What we want is time. And yet on the other hand, I think people try to throw benefits at people all the time. For instance, unlimited time off or what is a dental plan? Um, And I'm just wondering how benefits are are getting married to full-time or 80% work right now in the candidate search world? Well, it's a tricky conversation, but for someone who has maybe a partner with full benefits, maybe benefits for them personally isn't a driver. They're like, well, that's, that's nice, but I already have full benefits over here. So it does, I don't actually benefit from the benefits. And then when they say unlimited vacation, what that really means is, is unlimited paid vacation. Right. Or what does that really mean? And some people aren't jazzed by unlimited vacation. They love work. That's a big motivator for them. They don't want unlimited vacation. What they maybe want is to work entirely remote. 
Right. What they maybe want is I don't necessarily need benefits because I have them over here, but you know what I would love is a gym membership. That's all I want for my benefits. Yeah. So that goes back to the customization piece. It's a big boulder to push, especially if you have a large company with tons of employees, you can, you know, it's going to be hard to sit down with every single person and yeah. say, what do you need? What do you yeah. want? But when you have those questions and you ask those questions, yeah. you're able to listen, that's when you start seeing a way stronger ROI on that hire because they stay with the company for a lot longer. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear because I do not have children and I have a dog and Bernie is almost two. And I was like, why don't I have a maternity leave when you get a puppy? <laughs> like yes. I'm on the floor with him. And then I was like, wait a minute, we have benefits for family members, but that doesn't include his vet bills. Like he has to go to the dentist too. Yeah. And we actually had a client in the US last year. Um, now they were acquired by another company uh, that was headquartered in Europe. So I don't know if this is common in the US or if it was perhaps a, you know, a generational pass from a European headquartered office, but they had a pet benefit. Yes, I've seen that. When I lived in London, they had that. That's considered part of your family unit. Yes. So in your family unit, maybe grandma lives with you. Yeah. Maybe you have four dogs, but your vet bills and your pet insurance is part of the benefit plan, which I think is genius. So genius. So I think that the, the mycelium connection in all of this is we talk about sustainability and companies having a sustainable practice. We talk about DEI and not wanting DEI to live unto itself. And yet then when we talk about total rewards and how we acquire new talent, where is the intersection of all of these things? And is an offer going out to a candidate sustainable for the business longer term? You know, does DEI only come into play when you think about the names of the members of your executive team or the gender or, you know, what, how they appear visually. I think there's so much, we, we want all of this in our lives. And what I'm hearing is candidates just want all of this in all of their life. Keep it diverse for me. For sure. You hit yeah. the on the head with that. I used to be heard. They don't want to be generalized. Yeah. Help. And then they want to show up for you. They're here to say like, I'm trading my life to show up for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we can switch gears. So like new season and what's the temperature that you're feeling with companies right now, slow to hire, quick to hire. Do they understand the candidate market right now? Do they really get people have multiple offers and are they being responsive to this? What's the no, in, until we have to kind of give them the velvet hammer, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, we have to say, you know, you are an employer of choice and you pay market value and, you know, you're on brand for so many people and we really love the work that you're doing, but you're also not the only kid on the block anymore. And we do have candidates with multiple offers. We, I haven't come across a candidate in a long time that's on the market who doesn't have like two or three offers pending or interviewing for two to three roles at a time. Yeah. And that's new. It hasn't always been that way. It's usually like maybe one, maybe two. And now it's like minimum two, three, sometimes four, five. Yeah. So employers have much more competition. Got it. And it's kind of a rat race because companies need talent mm. and they they have to be quick to hire. 
because when you're too slow, we've had this recently, an employer was interested in the candidates and they took too long to do second interviews, but the other employer is keeping it going and then they just missed out. Yeah. Like, well, that candidate got another job offer. Yeah. Done. Yeah, it's done. Are candidates forthright right now? So when you say they have other off, um, like they may let you know, but in the interview process, like, are they let the companies know, or is it coming out sort of at the last minute? We're letting the employers know because we're facilitating that process. And that's part of our due diligence. So I'm always asking candidates, are you interviewing elsewhere? I like to find out where, and I like to know who we're up against. Then I like to find out where they are in the process. And then we inform that to our clients to say, look, this is Jane and they're interviewing with three other companies and they're at this stage in the process. So we have probably about a week if you want to have them as a serious contender. Gosh, it is a rat race and it is hot right now. It is. Yeah. It makes things exciting, but it can be really frustrating for the employer. Yeah. The, the stats are a million open jobs in Canada and a million people looking for work. So one-to-one right ratio right now. I feel like what we're not talking about though, is the number of people that are disgruntled in their jobs and would like to quit or are open to new work. And that number feels like it was high last year and only continues to rise. I don't feel like people are in this place of not taking our call right now. If you have an opportunity, they want to talk to you. For sure. I mean, back in the day as a recruiter, you couldn't always get people on the phone, right? They're like, oh, you know, another recruiter touching base. And, yeah. You know, maybe half would respond. And now I would say almost 100% of people respond to me. Yeah. yeah. And they want to know who the company is. And they'll tell you right away if they want to talk to a recruiter. And yeah. if the company brand doesn't hold enough clout, they're not interested. Well, they want to talk to a recruiter because we don't just have one client. Yeah, they want all Maybe the I have X client in mind for you, but once you get on the phone with me, I could talk about a hundred other clients and that I might not even have a perfect client for you today, but you want to be in our roster. You want to know us because next week I'm going to have a different job and you might be perfect for it. Like yeah. You should always have a recruiter in your back pocket. I mean, of course I'm biased, but no yeah. one knows the market like we do. We know about companies and people hiring before anyone ever sees them on a website, before it ever sees a yeah. light of day. Not to mention all the jobs that we work in in a confidential capacity that no one ever hears about. Or the who's pregnant, who's going on leave, what's coming down. And yeah, I think- Who's restructuring. Absolutely. Um, There is something to be said about timing. And I think right now, um, the restructure conversation feels like it happens really fast. Like one week they're hiring and 10 days they're letting 100 people go. So that feels- candidate beware Mm -hmm. and company-wide, you know, whether it is a a leave of some nature, um, it feels like they're taking longer, taking their time. And to your point, candidates are either acting or reacting as they would like to. Um, What is your advice for candidates in that time, in, in the leeway of companies taking too long? Well, I like to set a timeline and boundaries around that timeline whenever I can, but that's not always possible. You're juggling multiple calendars and multiple stakeholders. I usually just say, you know, keep your eye on the prize. If this really is your dream job and this is the one that you want to go for, then sometimes it requires some patience. And sometimes you have to say no to another offer, even though you haven't received an offer from your dream job. Mm. That's sometimes you have to roll the dice. That's just life. But I just usually coach them on saying like, you know, you are one of two candidates. This is what I think your odds are. And this is what's going to happen if you don't get the role. We're going to have another conversation. We're going to talk about what other opportunities there are or how we can 
change your current employer situation so it benefits you in a different way. Yeah. Great. Fabulous coaching. Go for <laughs> I want you to go into the future for a minute. If you were to say based on, you know, two decades in the recruiting space and how you've seen candidates evolve and companies evolve, what do you think we're on the dawn of right now? And what does the future landscape look like for candidates and for companies? Well, I would say to candidates, first of all, don't be too greedy. Mm. Not because you don't deserve more money, but because it speaks to your integrity. And that can put a sour taste in my mouth or an employer's mouth. And so you are in demand, but don't get cocky. It's not going to work. That's a hard lesson for lots of people to learn, myself included. Uh, (laughs) In terms of the future, I think, you know, we're still riding this COVID wave, as scary as that is. So it's really difficult to say, but I think working remote, working from home is obviously here to stay. I don't think this like going back to the office two, three times a week is gonna really fly. I'm seeing lots of pushback from candidates on that. Um, You know, they've proven over two years that they can work so successfully from home. They've integrated their life and work balance into that so smoothly. There's no reason to like throw it all up in the air again and make them come back. So that's probably gonna be something that's way more mainstream. We're going to see more competitive salaries and people are going to be making more money than they probably ever have before. Yeah. And we're going to see, I think, more hybrid roles too is something that I'm hearing more and more and more about is split roles, especially departments like marketing where maybe they're doing digital and traditional. So there's a lot more cross-reference, which of course I'm a huge fan of because it allows for 50% up to 100% capacity schedules. Yeah. So if you're doing work share, so to speak, but more modernized, then it's it's easier to do when you have people only working part time. Yeah. Well, yeah. also the reality is it doesn't feel like there's an off switch. So yeah. if you have people managing social, managing websites, managing, you know, literally all things digital, it's needed. It's almost a necessity for business now. Exactly. To be mindful of your storefront, or your I should say, like your guest experience all day long and what that looks like to there's a Canadian based company. They're Canadian headquartered and they have several offices around the world. Um, yet they've just moved everybody who works in North America at an executive level to a USD salary. So you can live in Vancouver or Toronto, and you are now paid in American dollars. And so with the dollar being what it is, um, talk about flexibility. Oh, happy day. Yeah. That is a big shift. And so I think once upon a time we were relocating people or paying for cars. And now you're like, no, no, no. I want a currency that supports the rest of the organization or my peers that might work in New York or California. And so I throw that out in the name of customization. And I, it gives me pause for thought that it's never been a more challenging time to look at what are all of the exceptions to the rule. And I think it's, it's kind of par for life right now. We're looking at saying what used to be the way and how can all of it be different? So I think if we're, well, if we're holding on to things too traditionally in the job search, it's only going to come out six months later once you've landed the job. So Mm -hmm. let's create congruency. And I just want to circle back and say, let's create diversity in offer letters and hold on to diversity, not only being something that we see with our eyes. Yeah. Well, it starts with the offer letter. Yeah. That's when you start paving the way. That's where you set the tone for their entire experience with your company. Yeah. It feels so, so critical. 
I love it. Well, welcome to May. Thank you for spending April as you did. And we'll, we'll get creative um, and have something I would say by May 15th around what is the future of office hours with LB. I love that. Thanks. Thank you.